Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net, and follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives. Become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we get started, I do want to remind you, as you are making your travel plans, remember the name johnnydollarair.com. JohnnyDollarAir.com is a Priceline affiliate, so you get all the advantages of going on to Priceline and being able to save money either by naming your own price on hotels, rental cars, airline tickets, or even more, or being able to choose from several great published specials. Plus, part of your purchase price goes to support the great detectives of old-time radio at no additional cost to you. So remember, JohnnyDollarAir.com first when you're making your travel plans. In a moment, we'll play today's episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, and coming up later on, it's an episode of Manhunt. But here now is the Primrose Matter Part 5. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Cal Mervin, State Police. Well, Lieutenant, they found you in a hurry. Sure, I was home in bed where any decent person would be this hour of the night or morning or whatever it is. You'll get no sympathy from me. I haven't even been to bed. What are you doing, Dollar? Living in a tree up there and using that Forest Service phone for your own private exchange? More or less. I've got another body for you, Lieutenant. That's a happy good morning. Who's this one? An ex-Chicago hood named Spade Keller. What did you do, kill him? No, he fell over a cliff, in a manner of speaking. That's three of the gang dead now. The only one left is Jipper Nitsen himself. Have you found him yet? No, but I think I will in the next hour or so. Dollar, I can't hold my men out of there any longer. I gotta move in. Give me till noon, Lieutenant. If I can take him myself, it may save an innocent person's life. He's a three-time killer already. I know, and you've been selling me that story for the last 12 hours. That's what's held me back. But I've got to have more details. All right. A friend who's with me, a prospector named Jed Marsh, will meet you here at the Forest Service phone in an hour. He'll be in a green station wagon. When did you get a hold of a green station wagon? We haven't yet. We're about to steal it. So long, Lieutenant. Tonight... And every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Primrose Camp, Santa Rita National Forest, Arizona... To the home office, Mid-States Industrial Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Primrose Matter. Expense account, final pay. The Jibbernitzen gang had held up an armored truck in Kansas City, killed two guards, and fled with a $100,000 payroll covered by insurance. I'd finally tracked them down in the Santa Rita Mountains of southern Arizona. Three of the gang were dead now, and only the jipper himself was still unaccounted for. 
But he was close around, that I was sure of, somewhere near the Primrose Tourist Camp where I was staying. A lonely layout on a dead-end mountain road run by old Pop Bardell and his wife and their daughter Jenny, whom I still hadn't seen. It was nearly dawn when Jed Marsh and I got back to the camp. There was no sign of life. We'd taken the keys to Pop's station wagon from the dead gangster's pocket. Jed got into the station wagon and waited until I was over at the cabin, then started the motor. I was counting on the sound of the motor to bring somebody out into the open, and the plan worked, partly. But it wasn't the jib that was showed, it was Pop Ardell. Hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? He came running out of the living quarters behind the souvenir shop, tugging at his suspenders. Come back here! He didn't notice me until I walked up behind him. What the jib? What are you doing up? I'm an early riser. Anything wrong, Mr. Bardell? Wrong? Why, no. What do you think be wrong? I don't know. But I thought you seemed a little upset about something. Oh, it's just... Did you happen to notice who was driving my station wagon, Mr. Dollar? I can't say I particularly noticed. I imagine it was your nephew, wasn't it? Well, no, I didn't get out in time to see. Well, who else would it be? Your daughter, you told me, is in Tucson. There's nobody else here, is there? Except you and your wife? No, no, nobody else, huh? I just thought maybe I... I reckon it was him, all right. He don't seem to be around. Is he in the habit of taking your car without telling you, Mr. Bardell? No, of course not. He must have just gone after something. He'll be back in a little while. You know, it seems funny him having the keys to it. He's kind of taken over your place here, hasn't he? What do you mean? Well, taking your car the way he just did... And yesterday evening, when I wanted to rent a cabin for the night, you claimed they were all full, weren't going to let me have one until he stepped in and okayed it? Well, he's, he's my nephew, one of the family. Somehow, though, I can't quite picture you as a man who'd let any other member of his family run things. Unless, of course, you happen to be in a position where you had no choice. What are you talking about? I think you know. Well, of course I got a choice. Why wouldn't I have? Not one, though, that you'd probably care to make if I've got the setup here tagged right. You ain't no tourist, Dollar, and you ain't here looking for uranium. Who are you, anyhow? I'm a special investigator for an insurance company, the company that insured that $100,000 payroll that was stolen in Kansas City by Jipper Nitsen and his gang. What's that got to do with anything here at Primrose? Quite a bit, Mr. Bardell, because this is where the gang hold up. The two of them who were left after they shot their way through that roadblock down on the Nogales Highway. You, you're crazy. I'd know it if, if there was any strangers around here. You did know it. One of the two was the man you claim was your nephew. Now, no, wait a minute. Actually, he was a gangster by the name of Spade Keller. He's dead, by the way. He's dead? Yeah, that's right. It wasn't he that took your station wagon. It was a friend of yours, Jed Marsh. Jed? Why? What's he aiming to do? Meet the police on the road down below, tell them what the setup is here, and stall them off if he can. Long enough for me to have a try at taking Nitsen without giving him a chance to hurt your daughter. What do you mean by that? Last night, your wife told me Jenny was in a room ill. You said she was in Tucson. One thing's sure, she wasn't around here anywhere. Neither was Jipper. I think he's been holding her as a hostage to keep you and your wife in line. That's why you had to let Spade Keller pass himself off as your nephew? No, 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 that ain't true. You're out of your mind. Am I? Jenny's in, in Tucson, like I told you. Your wife said she was here. Oh, she was upset. Sure she all. was. Sure she was, because of the danger to her daughter, the same reason that's got you upset. No, it ain't true. She'll have a lot better chance if you cooperate with me. Please get out of here, Dollar. Leave us alone. It wouldn't change things if I did. The police are going to move in at noon with 50 men and start a search. 
Chip is a three-time killer already. One more won't matter to him. I can't help you. Please don't ask me to. He'll use her as a hostage, a shield, and try to shoot his way out. She won't have a chance. Ooh. Your best hope is to tell me where he is. Help me get to him without arousing a suspicion. I can't do it. I can't take the chance. Yes, you can. Myra. Morning, Mrs. Mardell. He's a special investigator, Myra. He knows the whole thing. He, he says... Yes, I've been listening. I heard what he said. And he's right, too. Myra, that fellow Nitson said if we were I so I know much what as... he said. If we breathed one word of him being here to anybody, he'd kill Jenny first and then us. And I heard what Mr. Dollar just said, too. And he's right. We've got to take the chance. For Jenny's sake. It's all we can do now. I don't know. I, I just don't know. With the police coming in like they are, it's out of our hands now. She's right, Mr. Bardell. You can't do anything about the inevitable. It's a matter now of doing what's best and safest for your daughter. What else do you suppose I've been thinking of for two days? It's still the only thing to think of. If I didn't agree with you, I wouldn't be here. I'd turn my information over to the police and let them go ahead and search the area. They'd get Nitsen all right, but not before he killed her. Oh, no. But I think I can prevent that. The chipper doesn't know me. As far as he's concerned, I'm just another eastern tourist wandering around the mountains here. And because of that, I think I can get a lot closer to him than the police can without putting him on guard. Provided you'll help. He's right. We gotta do what he says. He's holed up in an old tunnel about a quarter mile back up the canyon there. They took some silver out in the old days. Not many folks even know about it. And your daughter's there with him? Yes, sir. Mo and me's been taking food to him twice a day, making sure she's all right. And she has been. I guess he knowed that's the only hold he had over us. You haven't been there yet this morning, have you? No, he don't expect us for around ten. Well, maybe by that time, if things go all right, he'll have more to worry about than whether he gets his breakfast or not. What are you aiming to do, Mr. Dollar? Make an early morning prospecting trip up that canyon. I'll take a pick, a Geiger counter, anything to help look the part. Now, here, I'll leave my gun with you, Mr. Bardell, and my wallet. You're going up there without no gun? Sunday prospectors from the east don't carry them. Wish me luck. I left a little while later with a complete kit and dressed to fit the part, even including a couple of sandwiches and a canteen of water to show I was planning to spend a full day in the hills. At the end of an hour, I was working my way down the canyon, shipping rock samples here and there, testing with a Geiger counter, apparently without a care in the world. The brush-covered entrance to the tunnel was only a few yards ahead of me, but I made a point of deliberately ignoring it. Finally, the mouth of the tunnel was only a few feet away. I pushed aside the brush as though to get at the canyon wall, then pretended to see the tunnel for the first time. I pushed aside some more brush, and I stepped inside. After a moment's hesitation, I fished out my flashlight and started walking back in from the entrance. I hadn't gone far before I got results. Oh. I went out like a light. You didn't have to hit him. He's just some prospector who stumbled in here accidentally. Relax, kid. He's just knocked out. You didn't have to hit him like that. I can't afford to take chances. I'm going out the entrance to make sure he was alone. If he comes to you, call me. The blow had been sharp, but without much force. I was out only for a matter of seconds, but I went on playing possum. I waited now until he was out of earshot. Jenny. You're conscious. You know my name. Take it easy. I don't want him to hear us. Who are you? What are you... Never mind. There's no time. Just don't worry. I'm here to get you out of this. But how? He's a killer. A gangster. I know who he is. Look, 
Has he got that money here with him? That he's stolen Kansas City? Yeah. Yeah, I'd send some canvas sacks back inside the tunnel, Father. What difference does that make? Plenty. That's what I was hired to recover. Hired to... I don't understand Oh, well, I'll tell you later. Now, if you'll keep your head and give me a little help, we've got a good chance of Wait. getting you... Wait. He's coming back. All right, listen. Maneuver him four or five yards away from me with his back turned and keep him that way for just five seconds. I'll do the rest. Got it? Yeah, but I don't know if Never I can. Never mind the if. Just do it. All right. Don't let him know I'm conscious. That guy still out? Yeah, I, I think maybe he's dying. Then let him. Come on, get away from him, leave him alone. It's inhuman to treat anybody that way. Oh, shut up, I got problems of my own. How much longer are you going to keep me here? I get a hunch that something is wrong. Things just don't feel right this morning. If I thought this guy had something to do with it, I... I asked you how much longer... And I said shut up! How'd you like to make me shut up? Huh? How do you mean that? Suppose you come here and find out. Well, now. Took you two days, but you're finally starting to soften up. My hand closed over a rock almost as big as a baseball, weighing over half a pound. And I came slowly to my feet. Chipper whirled around, going for his gun. What's the devil? I aimed for his head. All right, Jenny. He can pick up his gun. But look how he's bleeding. You've killed him. No. No, I haven't killed him. But I imagine the state will. Expense account item 12, $309.45. Incidentals in Arizona and transportation back to Hartford. Expense account total, $914.15. Remarks? The state eventually did. Kill him, I mean. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Now, here's our star to tell you about next week's story. Ever chase a phantom? Well, believe me, I have. And I will next week in the Phantom Chase Matter. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Les Crutchfield, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Marvin Miller, Junius Matthews, Herb Ellis, D.J. Thompson, Herb Butterfield, Tony Barrett, and Barbara Eiler. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking.
welcome back. You have to love how on task Johnny Dollar is. You know, he's lying there on the cave, an armed man who could uh, easily uh, kill him. is only seconds from getting back, and he takes time to ask the uh, hostage if she knows where the money is. Never let it be said Johnny for loses sight of uh, business. I also kind of wondered about, particularly in this part, I was iffy on it uh, in part three, but in part five, when we really know uh, what's going on for certain and there's no information to be garnered by beating around the bush, it would have made sense to say, okay, look, sir, I know what's uh, going on. Uh, the hood who was pretending to be your nephew died rather than making the guy tell a couple, three more embarrassing lies. But other than that, I thought this was a very good serial. And I appreciated Johnny's courage and his willingness to go into the cave and risk his life. Definitely outside the uh, function of his job, but really just goes to say the type of person he is. And that really makes the show so uh, worth listening to. Now it's time for this week's episode of Man Week, Manhunt, excuse me. Between uh, last week's show and this week, uh, there were four lost episodes. And uh, the title of today's episode is The Case of the Surgery Slain from April 1st of 1944. Manhunt. The clue of the surgery slaying that led to Manhunt. No crime has been committed yet. No murder has been done yet. No manhunt has begun yet. Yes, Doctor. The voice right. I saw, no! The emergency light in the corner, Doctor. Bring it here quickly. Yes, Doctor. Nurse, nurse. Yes, Doctor. Here's the electric plug is still in the socket. Hurry, please. I think something happened to the patient. I'm placing the wire, Doctor. The plug is still in the socket. There's the emergency light, Doctor. It's not strong enough for you to operate by. Pull it over the patient, would you, please? Yes. Thanks. Hmm. There won't be any need for an operation. Huh? Our patient has been stabbed to death. Manhunt and the clue of the surgery slave. Uh-huh. I'm a calling, he says. Who's calling? I got tired of waiting for a phone call in my office, so I come in here. Oh, we're deeply touched, Bill. Three seasons. Why isn't the velvet carpet laid out to the head of the homicide department? Oh, sorry about that, Bill, but you see there were a couple of jitterbugs in here a while ago. Yeah? What about them? Well, you see, they were cutting a rug. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. What kind of a call are you expecting, Bill? Well, you know George Williams, the guy we've indicted? Yeah. Well, our key witness against him is a fellow named Bert Norris. He's being operated on this morning, and you can't question him until after the operation. You're waiting for a call from the hospital? Waiting for a call from the hospital. She says, no, I'm expecting a spirit message from an old ghost I used to know. <laughs> well, Norris's testimony could convict Williams, couldn't it, Bill? Yeah. When he talks, 
Williamson figure and getting 20 years. I'm dying to question that, Norris. That may be my call now. No, I've got it, though. Hello? Yes, just a minute, please. Thanks. Yeah, Morton speaking. Allen Hospital? Yeah? Yeah. Okay, be right down. Operation Overbell? Yeah, it's over, all right. The hard way. Bert Norris was murdered on the operating table. What? Stabbed to death. I gotta get the hospital. Now, wait for me, Bill. I'm going to the hospital with you. What for? You looking for a way to kill time? No, Bill. I'm gonna look for a murderer who picked this time to kill. On the knife, I've questioned everybody. What do I find out? Well, for one thing, Bill, the operating lights went out because the switch outside the door was thrown. But I'll agree with you that anybody could have turned the switch off. Yeah, and George Williams was here at the hospital this morning. Like I said before, he's the guy who had a reason to kill Norris. I'm going up and see him. Yeah, I'll go now, uh, Just a minute, sir, if you don't mind. Okay, Bill, go on up and see Williams. I'm going to stick around here for a while. Stick around here, he says. So stick, who cares? See you back at next week. Yeah, okay, Bill. Oh, Nurse Stanton, just to check my notes. Do you always assist Dr. Robertson in his operations? Yes, I do. We generally have the same initiatives, Dr. Stone. Uh-huh. So far as you know, did either Dr. Robertson or Dr. Stone know a man named George Williams? Dr. Daniel. I'd rather you ask Dr. Robertson. All right, I will. Where can I find him? His office is right across the hall. May I go now? Uh, yes, yes, of course. Thank you. I'll be in nurse's quarters if you want Yeah. Uh, is Dr. Roberts' office directly across the hall? Yes. Okay. I guess I'm a good enough detective to find that, all right. I didn't deliver a finger at the hospital this morning. I don't care. Sure, the police suspect I shouldn't they? If they ever find out that I'm... Oh, what's the use? You've done a lot for me, George, and I've tried to... Yes, if you must know, I am losing my nerve. I hope oh. you'll excuse my breaking in like this, Doctor. I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. That's all right, Stephen. I couldn't help overhearing. My telephone conversation. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? I was about to call headquarters and confess anyhow. Oh. You killed Bert Norris, Dr. Roberts? No, I didn't. But, well, Roberts isn't my name. It's Williams. George Williams is my brother. Oh. That keeps the whole thing in the family. Norris's testimony could have convicted your brother and you were operating on it. That's kind of a sweet setup. Yes, I knew the police would think that. Only you're overlooking this fact. Norris's testimony might also have cleared George. And I wanted that more than anything. That might is a pretty big word, Doc. I understand the light over the operating table went out when the switch outside the door was thrown. Your brother was in the hospital. Could he have gotten that close to the operating room without being seen? I don't know. That's as good as telling me he could have. You think we had it arranged that he was to throw the switch and I was to stab Norris? I don't think anything, but it could have been done that way. You don't give me credit for very much intelligence, Mr. Stevens. When the investigation disclosed the fact that I was William's brother, wouldn't that be pretty obvious? Yes, yes, it would. Tell me something, though. Did your brother have thrown the switch outside the door, come into the room, stab Norris and left before the emergency light was working? There was time enough for that, if that's what you mean. That's all I've got to tell you, except that it didn't have to be my brother. It could have been anybody, a Mr. X, for instance. Yes, it could have been. Sergeant Morton, seeing your brother now. Seeing the two of us, perhaps we'll figure out Bert Norris's murderer. I hope you'll find your Mr. X. Yes, me too. 
But until we find them, all we have now is a mystery. You had every reason in the world to kill Norris. And all the opportunity, too. Ah, why don't you get lost, Sergeant? You can't prove a thing except circumstances. Circumstances, he says. Guys have gone to the chair on circumstantial evidence. A whole lot more have gone free. All right, I was in the hospital. Why shouldn't I have been? I'm out on bail. I can go where I like. Yeah? You want to take me downtown? All right, I'll go. But you better have a reason for booking me. I'll book you on suspicion. Then I'll have you right where I want you. You're going to have me right where I want you. I'll set up a yell that I'm being persecuted that'll take you out of plain clothes and into a uniform so fast you won't know what hit you. Okay. But don't think you're scaring me. <laughs> I'm not scaring you. I'm begging you to arrest me. Begging me to arrest him, he says. I got a good mind. Sergeant, you had a good mind you get out of here. If I can't duplicate the conditions under which Bert Norris died. Mm, I understand, Mr. Stevens. Dr. Roberts is in the operating room now with Dr. Stone, the anesthetist. They're waiting for him. Uh-huh. How long has Dr. Stone been at the hospital, nurse? Mm, I don't know. Many years, I imagine. I'm relatively new here. Dr. Roberts and I came here together about six months ago. Uh-huh. Where did he come from? A little town upstate. He was doing general practitioner work to get experience after he got out of medical school. And you? I was his nurse there. My hometown. Well, you came here with him. Why? Doesn't make much difference during this work, Mr. Stevens. There's always a job somewhere for us to do, and Dr. Roberts and I got on very well back home. Uh, medically speaking, of course. Of course. Shall we go into the operating room? Yes, in a minute. Uh, is that the room right through the swinging door? Yes. And that switch there on the wall controls the operating light? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go in. And, nurse, in as much as there's no social association between you and Dr. Roberts, you better close your locket. That's an awfully good likeness of me, carrying yeah? Shall we go? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'll hold the door for you. Thanks. Hello, Dr. Roberts. Dr. Stone. How do you do, sir? How do you do? You know what I'm trying to do, of course, gentlemen. Yes, we know. All right, then. Will you please take the positions you were in when the lights went out during the operation on Burton Norris? Uh, I was standing right here at the head of the table. And I was on this side, taking the patient's pulse. I was about here on the way to the oxygen tank. Oh, how does that check with everybody? Yeah. All right, now let's see. This wire from the lamp goes into the wall socket. The master switch outside also controls. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, will you please go through whatever routine you were doing when the lights went out? Uh, see, Dr. Stone had just told me the patient's pulse is normal. That's right, isn't it, Doctor? Uh, yes, yes. And, uh, I asked Nurse Stanton to check the oxygen. What? Oh, like oh, right. yeah. It's all right. It's all right. I did that. Here, I'll turn on my flashlight. There. Well, what next, Doctor? Uh, I don't know. I think I asked Dr. Stone to find the emergency light in the corner against the wall and asked Nurse Stanton to see if the plug had come out of the socket. Uh-huh. Is that correct? Yes, that's, that's correct. Then the plug had not come out of the socket, Nurse Stanton? No. Well, it has now. I kicked it out. Now I'll just put it back in place. There. Dr. Roberts. Will you please pick up the telephone? Dr. Roberts, will you please pick up the telephone? Now, that must be my wife. She always calls at this time. Don't answer it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too, Miss Stanton. Sorry I've got to arrest you for the murder of Bert Norris. Is this Carol Stanton? Yes, it is. Oh, 
County George Williams, Bill. Only the two doctors and the nurse could have killed Norris. Why discount Williams? He could have done it. Thrown the switch and found his way to the table in the dark, Bill? I doubt it. No, it had to be one of the other three. But they were all in the operating room when the switch was thrown, Bill. Oh, yeah. no. Well, they weren't. No? Well, here's what happened. The nurse kicked the plug out of the light, just as I did, and then she stabbed Norris. It took only a second then to go outside the door, throw the switch, and come back in. Okay, but the plug was still out. Yes. Yeah. But the first thing she did at Dr. Roberts' request was to see if the plug was in. Well, it wasn't, of course, but she put it back in. Mm-hmm. The lights didn't go back on because she had thrown the switch. Well, that's fine, but uh, why did she do it? Well, she was in love with Dr. Roberts, that's why. She told me just now. See, she had threatened him that unless he divorced his wife and married her, she'd ruin his career. Well, even if he couldn't place the blame for Norris's murder on Roberts, the notoriety wouldn't have helped him any. Oh, it's a motive. Well, that's the payoff, huh? This Norris was knocked off by, uh, uh, what's the name again, Drew? Just make that nurse to you, Bill. Nurse to me. She says nurse to you, too. What's the dame's name? Welcome back. Well, this was an interesting setup, and I think that the uh, solution definitely made sense. If it had been the uh, surgeon who had committed the crime, I think it'd be more reasonable to expect that uh, we would have a less obvious method of killing that was done. Because there would have been ways to commit the crime while the guy was out in a way that wouldn't make it look like uh, the doctor was guilty. So it makes sense that that would be one of the intents. All right. Well, uh, listener comments and feedback, and we start with an email from Joan. Joan says, uh, I just wanted to tell you I enjoyed today's story on Manhunt. I found it interesting, and there was a little comedy in it, too. I hope this is going to be uh, become one of the new shows with more than a couple of episodes. Um, well, it's not going to be one of those that was extremely short, but there are only so many episodes. We have a grand total of 15 episodes, so we have enough episodes for uh, two more Johnny Dollar serials, and then once those are done, uh, we will have uh, two weeks where on Monday we'll have two episodes of Manhunt to round out the series uh, before we get into Pursuit. So we have six episodes left. And Joan goes on to say, It was too bad Frank Lovejoy's Here Comes uh, McBride has so few episodes. Anything with Frank Lovejoy in it I really enjoy, such as Nightbeat, which I've listened to most of the episodes in this show. It is a really good program if you intend to air it any time. Um, thanks so much, Joan. And we definitely intend to air it. And in some ways, it's a good thing that Here Comes McBride uh, didn't work out and become a show that lasted a year or two. I believe it at least did last the summer, but uh, that it didn't last beyond that is good because then uh, Frank Lovejoy was available to do Nightbeat, which was a far better program. And it's one of those shows that has so many episodes in it. It's in the same class as Casey Crime Photographer and uh, Sam Spade and uh, The Falcon. Um, and Rocky Jordan, where we just have to find enough uh, space for it. But it's one that I would look forward to doing, and uh, I definitely enjoy uh, Frank Lovejoy's take in that uh, series. Gary comments, uh, Hi, Adam. Nice April uh, 
Fool's Day routine. You got me with that one. I didn't realize that you what you were doing until you disclosed the spoof at the end of the podcast. Uh, uh, nice work. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Gary. Um, actually, this is two days after the, I uploaded the podcast, and that's the first comment I heard back on it. At least th- that's when it's uh, being recorded, so we'll see how many folks uh, actually caught it. But I appreciate your comment. And then we have some uh, comments from Facebook. Lori says, I watched the Columbo series pilot, Prescription Murder Tonight, and Virginia Gregg uh, was in it. it. It is so cool to see her in person. Yeah, she... Did her best work probably over radio, but she was just a true professional in everything she did. And then a comment from Travis. I'm an improviser studying the second city in Chicago, and I started listening to the podcast while at work to pick up on the lingo and style. I'm now without a doubt hooked on Johnny Dollar. My posture uh, literally tenses up during the intense moments, and I'm sure the people working next to me wonder what on earth I'm listening to. Keep up the great work. Well, thanks so much, Travis, and good luck on uh, that uh, training. I I love um, improv and uh, uh, try to get to uh, the local uh, comedy sports um family-friendly uh, improv here in uh, Boise at least once a quarter. Uh, and it's just, it's wonderful entertainment. All right. Well, um, that will actually do it uh, for today. Join us back here tomorrow for police headquarters, and we will resume on Monday with another Yours Truly Johnny Dollar serial. And then we'll be back on Friday with another episode of Manhunt. In the meantime, uh, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.